the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you, who the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, Andor Ola. I am Spud, Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> we welcome you all to this, uh, this, I guess, radio show. I mean, we've been called a bunch of things over the years, but. Let's keep it simple and go with that. Radio show. You know, if you stay with us for the next 58 and a half minutes, we promise that we will fill the airtime, you know? Uh, there's going to be a minimal amount of dead air, except for maybe a tenth of a second occasionally to refill our lungs and in our effort to entertain and inform. Uh, I think this could be a pretty decent show. No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. So why don't we get things started with me introducing our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Uh, can, can you give us a top-shelf chuckle? Nothing spectacular, but but still one that is something we can all be proud of. Oh, okay. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> oh, how was that? Well, it, it was okay. Moving on, I now am Fine. required to. Yeah, it, it was it was good, okay. But now I'm required hmm. to introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host Gerald Holcomb. Now go ahead and acknowledge my acknowledgement, if you would. No need to be creative or entertaining in your response. The bare basics will do. You know, since we you know we're still doing this thing remotely in our homes due to that stupid pandemic. So, how about a simulated high five over the phone? Okay. There, I just raised my hand in the air and high fived you back. So what I wanted to discuss on the show. Oh no 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 some- no, but I I don't I don't believe you raised your hand in the air to meet yeah, my raised high five, I which I did do. No, I just don't believe it. You mm-hmm. know, normally my faith in my fellow man is strong, but I just have this sneaky suspicion that you're not being truthful right here. Well, okay, you want me to simulate my high-fiving you again? One more time. Okay, yeah. sure. Oh, here here goes. Okay, now can we move on here and just, just do the damn show? Well, again, I, I, I have serious doubts that you ever raised your hand to meet mine. But you know what? I'm, I'll go ahead and be the bigger person here. Just fool me once. Shame on, shame on you. Hey, fool me. We can't get fooled again. Go ahead and finish what you were saying. Hey, as the most popular person on the show, can I get a decent introduction? I know some may ask why I continue to boast about my popularity on the show. Even my mom said it's starting to sound a little tacky. I told her that it's unfortunate that I have to toot my own horn frequently, but if I don't demand respect, I'll never receive it from you, Spud. And you too, Gerald. The professional jealousy is palpable from you both. Honey, 
your mother seems to be very wise in her advice to you. It might be best if you dial down rubbing in your popularity to others on the show. Of course, I am very proud of you and the fact that an intern could ever attain your status with the listeners. But maybe going with a little lower profile would be better. What do you think? I feel okay with planting my flag and staking out my position on the show as outside Mm -hmm. of you, I just don't get any respect. What do we have to do to get you to give our people the truth? Listen, Mr. Post-Teen Rodney Dangerfield, you're an intern. You're not supposed to get a ton of respect at this point in your career. I mean, it'll happen down the road in the years to come. I mean, no one respected me until I turned 40. Yeah, Chance, if you play your cards right, very soon you will be respected by all of us now. It may be after I leave the show. As you know, I'm now exploring career advancement. Uh, Someday soon, I'll be getting my own show, and you might be considered as my replacement. Yeah, intern or co-host, I just don't see much difference in the food chain. Oh, Oh, I would quit now, dear, and just move on. Yeah, good advice, Aunt Dorothy. So what I wanted to discuss was this. Was this? I, I read a couple comments from fans on our show's Facebook page yesterday. Uh, I mean, I am assuming they're fans of the show or they, or they wouldn't have taken the time to comment, right? Uh, anyway, they all said something similar. I guess they listen quite often, but it's because they hate the show so much. You know, and I didn't know how to take that at first. You know, I, But after a lot of thought, I came to the conclusion that if we're generating like a really strong emotional response to the show, a response that, you know, that prompts them to, to make a comment, then we must be doing something right. Don't, don't you guys think? I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. Well, <laughs> I don't know if that is the only conclusion you could come to with that information. I know they must not be fans of mine as I continue to get emails and direct messages from listeners about how much they enjoy me and that I'm the only thing that doesn't suck on the show. Spud, the consensus from the people that I hear from feel you're stifling me. Will you shut up, man? Chance, I've been receiving that exact feedback from listeners. Uh, I mean, well, mostly from my church, but they, along with others, feel I'm being constrained in my role as co-host. You know, I, I myself don't see that you have a strong case for being, uh, you know, that popular being an intern, you know? I would like to hear from a few listeners if they're willing to check in with us. Can someone play like our call-in plug? Attention Attention listeners. listeners, get on the phone and call the spotlight. 253-242-3054. Call the spotlight. Call it. I don't necessarily need to to hear from only people who listen to this show because they hate it so much. I mean, it would be fine if if there's a listener out there who actually likes the show, too. It would put a little pep in my step. But it just might be that most of our audience falls in the former camp. I guess we shall see, right? Well, now I need to play some music. So uh, why don't we lead off with this cut from my favorite Nirvana album, Bleach, released in 1989. This one's titled Swap Meat. Hit it, Trevor.
Hi, this is Don Rickles. I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. That'll show you how my career is going. I hope you listen to it, because the last time I saw him, he was out in the woods chopping logs. But who knows? Ah, that's it, folks. Uh, Spud, your first guest, Tom Payne, is waiting to speak with you. Now, he's an actor, right? Yes, he stars on a very popular TV program right now, Prodigal Son. Uh, but before that, he, he played Jesus on The Walking Dead. Excuse me? There was a depiction of Jesus on that Walking Dead show? I, I was unaware of that. You know, I sure hope they did so in a tasteful manner. What'd you do? Screw up like the Beatles and say you were bigger than Jesus? Oh, not that Jesus, Gerald. He played a character named Jesus. He didn't play Jesus Christ. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, you know, I, I've never heard of another person named Jesus. It was an innocent mistake. I hope someday we maybe could get Morgan Freeman, who played God, you know, on this show. That that would blow your mind. But, but just put Tom through, if you would, please. Uh, well, yeah, but, you know, no one should ever play God in a movie or on a TV show, Spud. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. That role should be made off-limits for any mortal man. Uh, here's Tom. Say hello to actor Tom Payne. Hey, we appreciate you coming on our show. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Yeah, so your series, Prodigal Son, the, the second season is now airing on Fox, Tuesday nights at 9, 8 central. Um, for those who haven't caught the new season yet, are there any big changes from the first season? Um, no massive changes, but um, at the end of the first season, one of the characters did something very, very bad <laughs> that we are now all having to try and cover and deal with. Uh, and this, that secret is uh, a big one for this season and um, puts even more pressure on Malcolm and the relationship he has with his family. Oh, all right, super. You know, we've, we've had a few of your co-stars uh, on the show, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips and Bellamy Young, and I never, uh -huh. asked, I never asked them what the vibe is on the set. Is, is everyone into the method thing and you can only, like, talk to each other in character? Uh, like, for, for, for Michael Sheen, that would, that would be a drag because it wouldn't be meant fun <laughs> being a serial killer, serial killer 24-7. No, absolutely not. Everyone, everyone's uh, lovely. I mean, I think if you did try to do that and live in the world of the show all the time, you'd go completely mad, especially if you were Michael yeah. or me. Um, because, I mean, those scenes that I have with Michael are very intense, and but we're both quite good at just turning it on and turning it off. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be very intense to stay in that kind of um, <laughs> that kind of thing uh, yeah. all the time. But no, we have a great um, we have a great time on the show. Everyone everyone's been around the block and understands what it is, and comes in and, and knows the important things about work. Which are you come and do the acting work, but then you also it's important to have the nice friendly relationships with the crew and the cast um, to just have a nice day at work. You know, rather than just be all super serious the whole time. Right, right. Well, Tom, you were born in the UK and graduated from the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama, I believe, in June of 2005. So here's what I wanted to ask you. From, from what I read, you were always really active in the theater, uh, you know, seen while attending school. Were, were you focused uh -huh. early on on becoming an actor rather than, say, being in a rock band or a football player like most young boys around you? <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I mean, I was very loud <laughs> as a child. So when I was uh, like, I don't know, like five or six, uh, the school that I was at at the time put me in the choir and had me, you know, doing all those kind of active things. And I basically liked showing off a lot. 
So when I was a kid, yeah. so when I was, uh, I joined a new school when I was seven and the English teacher there dragged me into a classroom and had me audition for the school play. And from then on, I just kept doing it and I just really enjoyed it. It was the thing that I most enjoyed at school. Um, and I don't really believe people when they say I knew I wanted to be an actor because you basically just like showing off and you like people clapping at you and being able to be loud. And um, But then as, as I got older, it just became my thing, really. And so I was, you know, the actor in my year and, and got the leads in all the plays. And, and it was just something that I really, really enjoyed. And, and in the naivety of youth, I thought, well, that's going to be my job then. And I saw um, a path through drama school and then hopefully you get an agent and then you start auditioning. And that's, that's how it worked out. And um, yeah, I'm very fortunate to still be doing it um, at almost 40 years old. Yeah. Well... As a citizen of the UK who now resides here, pretty much, uh, do you pick mm-hmm. up that a lot of Americans will enjoy just about any highbrow production on the BBC where the people are all dressed up in fancy clothes? You know, maybe because it makes them feel yeah. smarter. I don't know. It was very frustrating for me to see how successful Downton Abbey was, <laughs> because Downton was something that I, I, I kind of left America, sorry, England, to get away from that kind of thing, because you tend to get typecast and that kind of thing, and that's what you do, and. And I wanted to come to America and do many different parts and, and uh, different things. Um, but I do have a bit of nostalgia for it now. Um, and I can see uh, how successful it is and how much people like it. And I can see why. Um, but it wasn't my thing. Um, right. I could do a little part like that now, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's, there are some great shows done, you know, by the BBC. And I mean, but not every single show. It just seems like the more stuffy the show, the more popular it is with just a certain <laughs> segment over here. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know, whatever. Um, so I have to ask about the role that made you quite famous around the world, mm-hmm. playing Jesus on mm-hmm. The Walking Dead. Uh, we mm-hmm. had, we've had various cast members on the show over the years. Uh, but, you know, your situation was kind of interesting. It was originally, what, a recurring role in season six and things just clicked and you were made a regular, right? Well, I think, I mean, that character is a huge character from the comic books. And, um, no, they knew that he was going to be a regular uh, okay. character uh, after season six. But they had him, yeah, have this nice, uh, big, impactful entrance in six. And then, um, no, I, I was always aware that I was going to come back as a regular. Yeah. And, you, well, you last until season nine when you were unfortunately killed, though, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. everybody knows that. But, uh, mm-hmm. so I, I wasn't. I, I can't be the only person that wasn't surprised uh, because I have to tell you, I was always really concerned for your character as you're always just about to be killed. I mean, very nerve-wracking. <laughs> Were you surprised you lasted as long as you did? No, I mean, he was a very capable character and, and uh, he was he was great. I mean, the only, the only way that he could have died was the way that he did, this complete surprise in introducing the, the whispers to the show. Right. Um, because I told them that when they were going to kill me, I was like, okay, that's fine. But it has to be like a ton of people or a massive surprise that completely takes him, you know. Um, and so, and so that's what they went with. And I was kind of happy with it. But um, but until then, no, he's pretty good at looking after himself. So I wasn't that worried. Yeah, he, he was pretty nimble. Uh, yeah, he was, he was yeah, able to get out of a lot of jams. Uh, but, you know, I, I here's something I was thinking about. Uh, it must be tougher for not not so much for yourself because you lasted quite a while but for other Walking Dead actors to apply for like mortgages and loans as the job seems it, it's yeah. probably seen as temporary here today bitten tomorrow like w- with a Fox show obviously you got you don't have those problems but yeah well you never know I mean it was any of those jobs and, and Walking Dead as well you sign a contract which uh, you know which says it lasts a certain amount of time but the same even with the Fox show like they they're your employer and they can like, shut the show down or ask you at any time so that is a 
problem for an actor to get mortgages. And, and actually, it was as soon as I got The Walking Dead, I applied for my green card and, yeah. I, and, and I got a mortgage. Because at the beginning of a job is when you've got the most job security. Um, but then you don't know, then you never know what's going to happen. So that's the time. <laughs> all right. advice to all actors out there, as soon as you get any kind of contract, that's when you should go to the bank and ask them for money. Uh, all right, super. Say, Spud. What? Well, I wanted to jump in here and, and add to what Tom just said about what we in show business have to deal with as far as obtaining, you know, mortgages and loans. I myself was forced to use my other place of employment, South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. <laughs> on my second mortgage application on our home. You know, we wanted to spruce up the place, you know, a new fence, a bigger freezer, and a swimming pool, you know, an above ground unit. And if you ever came over to visit, you would see it's really neat. But uh, anyway, the bank would not recognize my job as co-host here on this show as legitimate employment. I don't think I ever even told you this. Uh, hey Tom, just a sec. Okay. Well, first of all, you're not in show business. You're a temporary co-host on, frankly, a small little radio show. I don't blame the bank. Yeah, Gerald, you, you don't see me putting down my position of designated laugher for this show on my loan applications. I'm not stupid. Well, Mrs. Jarvitz, you're a volunteer here. And, and, and Spud, by the way, I'm the temporary permanent co-host. I believe that does qualify me to be a card-carrying member of show business. Uh, in your dreams. And I'm amazed that they approved your loan with that part-time carpet sales gig you have. Well, you know, we also sell top-of-the-line linoleum. Linoleum! Too. I've sold quite a bit of that just this quarter. Who freaking cares? Just let me get back to Tom, if you don't mind. Okay, I, ha I have returned. Um, well, let me close this conversation by asking, is there something outside of show business that you have on your to-do list, you know, when this, when this public health crisis is finally over with? Uh, something you really want to do? You know, we want to go, me and my wife really want to go skiing. <laughs> I've decided I haven't been skiing since I was 17 and um, I remember it's such a great holiday and uh, we'd love to do that and I actually just to have some time off because as an actor you're always worried about the next job but I feel like I've kind of earned a bit of breathing space now so it would be nice to have a little bit of time off and, and actually go on a proper vacation Has the uh, situation the health situation had a huge impact on the set? Yeah I mean we're all we follow a lot of protocols now and everyone's wearing masks and we get tested every day um so obviously yeah it's changed a lot of things but i feel incredibly fortunate that we're able to keep working i mean there are so many people out of work right now that i know um it's it's a great thing and we, we we're employing like 250 people in new york city so and bringing money in from out of state and i'm i'm very um happy that we're able to do that but i but we all feel incredibly fortunate that we're able to make a wage at this moment in time. Right. Uh, all right. Thanks for sharing that. All right. Well, let me say again that your series, Prodigal Son, is now airing Tuesday nights at 9, 8 Central on Fox. Hey, man, thanks Thanks a bunch for checking in with us. Thank you, bud. All right. There you have it, Mr. Tom Payne. The Spud Goodman Show. Some people like it. Uh, Spud, the show's resident psychic, uh, Ted Marr, is ready to go. Well, just put him through. I, I, I need to talk with him right now, please. Oh, right, yeah, here he is. 
to our show's resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. Thank you so much for coming back on our show. Hi, Spud. It's great to talk to you. Yeah, I wanted to ask, do you and other psychics get a little torqued at having to compete against those preachers on TV? You know, the ones who ask viewers to send them money with a prayer request? Because I, I know people want answers in, in a time of need, but it, it, would, it just seems those guys have an unfair advantage, saying they have a, a direct pipeline to God. I'm betting not all of them actually do. Psychics have to do the heavy lifting all on their own, right? I mean, you can't ask for help. Well, I ask for the higher spirits and angels to help me. And um, a lot of times... But you don't go right to God, though. I mean, you don't, like, ask God to bail you out, and you know, if somebody asks you for something. I mean, you have to do most of the heavy lifting. Well, if she's not busy, I, I, I'm happy. Yeah, I, 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 I check with God and ask her for help, so... Oh, all right. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, well, psychics yeah. seem to be much more honest, I guess. I mean, you, you have never told me you had the inside scoop directly from a higher power, really. I mean, you never really, you say, I mean, maybe you allude to it a little bit, but you're never really saying that. So you, you just use your basic psychic powers, you know, not cheating by bringing in God in, into the equation. You guys just seem to recognize yeah. that separation of church and state thingy. Uh, well, this is, uh, I, that's a good question. Thanks so much. You'll, uh, you'll be surprised by the answer, but... I'm in touch with lots of angels on the other side, and they exist in the fifth and higher dimensions where the only thing, the only currency really is truth. So if I tell a lie or knowingly mislead somebody, I get called on it. And um, so I have to leave um, as um, pure a life as I can. And I do talk to, to the angels and higher powers all the time. So that's what, that's what, that's what my guidelines are. People who, who uh, for example, are negative or they, they're in the lower dimensions. They think they can quote hide things from each other, um, and and not lead an ethical life. But um, but for me, I, I I'm always careful with my thoughts and always <clears throat> trying to think of other people and how and listen. I always listen to my angels too on what I should do and what's the best course course of action. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard you or any other psychic say a hurricane or a national disaster happened because of like Gay Pride Day or, or Burning Man. If there is a God, I just don't buy he would hurt people just because of who they love or their political party. You know what I mean? That's absolutely correct. Uh, love and compassion are one of the hallmarks of, 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 of people who, who want to evolve. And um, I mean, a lot of this, what I do is out of service, service to others. And I... And a lot of readings I do, I don't ask for compensation because I know I get it from uh, otherwise in the spiritual world. So um, money really is a secondary thing. I'm not driven by it in that sense. And anybody who... Heck yeah, you, know, you don't charge us to come on our show. You're extremely generous. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, hey, hey, let me ask you this. Have you or any other psychic blamed bad stuff on people's behavior? Like, you know, like someone watching like really bad TV shows or wearing Crocs. I mean, just stuff like that. I mean, you, you don't pull stuff out of your butt like excuses for when bad stuff happens, right? Like so many television evangelists have done over the years. Why would I do that? I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I've got, there's just not me you're talking to. There's always angels, benevolent, beautiful angels around me um, that who guide me, and I, I'll run through, I run everything by them, and um, if, if that's how that's how I operate, and I always trust my heart mind too, because if it's um, if it feels right, if it resonates with, with what I should do, and then I, I follow it, uh, irregardless of what my logical mind says. So I'm, uh, I think everyone has the spark of the Creator, or the spark of God, if you will, within all of us, and once you tie into that, you can always make the correct decision. Uh, excuse. 
Excuse me, Spud, but if I may? What? Yeah, I have to say, I disagree with your assessment that God does not exact a price when man makes bad choices. Now, I won't go so far as saying hurricanes occur as a result of homosexual behavior, but it certainly doesn't help with the weather patterns. I need a minute here, Ted. Okay, there's, there's no there's no hurry on my end. So, if if the transmission on my car goes out again, it, yeah. it's because maybe I spent a bit too much time on Pornhub? Well, there is a cause and effect impact on all the decisions we make in life, Spud. Uh, from what I understand, that Porn Snub uh, is not really a website you should be visiting. Uh, Pornhub? Uh, well, maybe not, but a, a new transmission is around, I don't know, I think it's like four grand. So don't you think that's a bit harsh for just checking out a little porn just for a few minutes? I, I limit myself to only the mature nurses section. S still, it's very wrong. You need to cast out whatever demons are causing you to do this. Not all of them, or life would be really, really boring. Now, just let me get back to Ted before he hangs up on me. I have returned. Okay. Well, do you think someday there'll be a payback for those for the the TV preachers over the years that have been? You know, we all know who they are. The ones with mega churches. You know, like like I don't know. It just seems like they all get away with it while they live in their mansions and they probably have like fifteen or twenty jet skis. I, I've never heard of a psychic owning their own jet. Uh, I guess I should ask as a journalist and talk show host. Do you own a jet? No, of course not. Of course not. Um, That's for the actually, I have a, I have a, a, an answer for you. You're probably be surprised. But in the future, we won't need money. The perceived need for money will not be there. Oh. And um, people will do things kind of more in the barter system. And things will be, people will be a lot happier and healthier. That'd be but cool. But it's going to be a different world. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be a more happy world than what we have now. All right. Well, let's end it on a happy note. So, all right. Well, I, I just I want to thank you again. You know, we really appreciate you doing the show. Okay. Oh, my pleasure. That's always fun to talk to you, my friend. All right. Our resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. We're the Black Chevys, and we're on the Spud Goodman Show. Thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram, and you can hear our music on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Thank you all, and good night. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And getting back to what we were discussing, you know, previously, the fact that maybe a large number of our listeners stick with us because they hate listen, you know? It's kind of like hate watching on you know, television shows, you, you know. Uh, they only listen because they hate the show so much. I, I've been around the fringes of show business for many, many years, and I think most people inside the industry would admit that they're not too proud either to welcome these type of fans. Uh, I mean, the Nielsen and Arbitron ratings don't give extra points for someone loving a show, you know. Think about it. The bottom line is, if they tune in, that's all that matters, right? So, yeah, I'm fine with it. Would you be where you are had there not been a sex tape? No. Well, 
Uh, I understand what you're saying, Spud, but it's quite possible that those type of listeners, in our case, might be basing their feelings more on you personally. As I can only speak for myself, I don't generate hate from anyone. It's been my experience that people love me. I've had this gift since I was very little. You know, my mother told me a few years ago, all of my teachers in grade school would tell her I was their favorite student. It was remarkable to hear this many years later from her. Why didn't she tell you then? I don't believe this tall tale at all. Well, she felt that I might, it might give me a big head and I wouldn't perform to the best of my abilities in the classroom if I knew I was the teacher's pet. I always have a feeling that I was held in high esteem by them as I was always being called on in class to answer questions and things like that. Most kids were somewhat reluctant to speak up. Yeah, that's because they didn't want to seem like a brown nose or kiss ass, you know? It, to be that type of classmate who always has to be the center of attention? I've never liked those types of people. Yeah. I still don't. And it only makes common sense. No need for you to scream for attention to yourself, Chance. People are naturally drawn to you. You are a born leader. I think it's the charisma factor. Some have it and some don't. You, sweetie, are dripping in charisma, and that is just one of the reasons why I find you so hot. That's so hot. Okay, I, I, I don't need to hear that. Uh, can someone check if we have a caller to wade in on this topic? Uh, let me see. I believe Trevor is saying we do have a caller uh, waiting to speak with you, Spud. Uh, his text to me said it's a woman. Really? Well, well. Put her through. Caller, uh, you're on the air. Am I speaking with Spud? Uh, yes, I am the host. Uh, there's no way you'd be speaking with my co-host you know, unless I gave him permission, which would never happen, by the way. Uh, you, you really want to speak with him, too? Uh, not really, but it's okay if he wants to join in. Well, uh, thank you, caller. Are, are you a regular listener? Uh, dude. That was my first question for her. Stay in your own oh. lane. Uh, caller, are you a regular listener? I wouldn't say regular, but I try to listen when I'm on the road or doing mindless things at home. You know, like folding the laundry or ironing when I yeah. think about it. Yeah. It's mostly chores that I do not enjoy. It helps me keep my mind off of them. Right. So you mean hate chores, right? The stuff that has to be done but are the worst, you know. On the top of my list would be cleaning out the hamster box. My hamster, uh, Jimmy, only weighs like, I don't know, I think it's like 2.6 pounds the last time I weighed him. But, but boy, does he make a big mess in his cage. Okay. So I called in to say I may be one of those listeners you were talking about. Okay, right. Those yeah. who don't care for the program, but yeah. for some odd reason, find themselves still tuning in. Right. Well. Yes, uh, because we detest it so much. I never thought about it until I heard you bringing up the topic. Yeah, well, you see, you guys were doubting. Uh, can, can I, I'm talking to my staff now. You guys were doubting the validity of this area of discussion. And obviously, I have a firm grip on what is mostly relevant to our listeners. Uh, caller, can I ask what you hate 
the most about the show besides of course my uh, rather rather boring co-host let me just say that boring yes you've got to be joking right i am the least boring person on this program i don't want to point fingers here but you don't have to look any further than our, at our intern yeah. chance my youngest hey. son dwight has said on many occasions after he hears our show that your intern blows now i take it that blows is not complimentary oh gerald hmm. uh, how should i say this your son might have a bit of an attitude problem if he actually has said that i would attribute it to your jealousy towards my sweetie chance he must have overheard you disparaging him dorothy no need to step in here on my behalf i can fight my own battles and gerald okay. tell your kid that he's a dick you dick <laughs> I most certainly won't, Chance. He is in the seventh grade, for God's sakes. You know, that kind of profanity has no place in our home or on this show. Uh, I kind of like the kid, but he's a bit of a brat. I'm just saying. Hey, am I still on the air? Yeah, 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 you are. Besides, you know, our boring co-host, what, what is number two on your list of, of what you hate the most about this show? It might help us in planning for future episodes. Well... One thing would be your voice. It's kind of annoying. My voice? Sometimes when you get excited, you sound like a teenage girl. I'm sure it's me. Most people are probably just fine with it. Truth isn't truth. Uh, a teenage girl? Come on. I mean, I'm a very mature man, you know, with well past puberty. But that's obvious. So I, I don't know by that. Okay, what else you got? What else you got? Uh, maybe the lack of chemistry between you and your co-host. That jumps out at a listener right away. One questions who and why anyone in radio management would pair you two together. It just yeah, gotta, doesn't work. Yeah, you got a point. No, yeah. Well, now, well, hang on now, caller. I would disagree with your assessment right there. I think Spud and I make a great team. We're like a, a long married couple. And then we fell in love. We uh, can finish each other's sentences if need be. And I no, listen, down. any sense of mind that you could ever finish is a sentence that did not deserve to be said. Okay. Uh, well, Kohler, I, I have to go now as, as they're telling me, uh, I, I got to play some music. All right. So sorry about that. I have a few more things that come to mind. Do you want me to email them to you? Uh, yeah, you could, but uh, I don't know, whatever. Uh, but again, thanks for checking in with us, okay? Someone's up to call, all right? Uh, okay. All right, let's get back to the music, all right? This tune is by a band from the Netherlands, The Miseries. It was released on their self-titled album, The Miseries, in 2015. Here is Skinflint.
Spud, your last guest, John Huertas, is ready to go. Uh, he's holding for you right now. Right. You know, I know you uh, you know, are aware of who this guy is. I, I, I would bet on it. He's on one of your favorite TV shows, This Is Us. He is? Yeah, he plays Miguel. You know, the guy Mandy Moore's character married after her first husband oh. passed away. Both the young Miguel and the older version are smoking hot. He is quite the hunk. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know who Miguel is. Uh, now that you mention it, Mrs. Jarvis, you know, he does appear older in some of the scenes and, and then younger again in others. I couldn't figure out why he kept changing ages on the show. What's with you, Joha? The writers are attempting to tell the story of a family over many decades, dude. Uh, a lot of stuff happens to families over the years, uh, especially to the Pearsons. Well, when I watch this week, then it, it's going to make a lot more sense. Yes. Yeah, glad to help. Now, I'll just put John through. Very well. Here he is. Say hello to actor John Huertes. Uh, we appreciate you checking in with us. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so season... Yeah. My, my side of the coast. All right. So season five of This Is Us is airing Tuesday nights at 9, 8 central on NBC. Um, you know, I was thinking, do you and Mandy Moore spend more time in a makeup chair right now than any actors on a network TV show? I, I mean, you go back and forth age-wise a lot. Does it get tiresome putting on all that makeup before the cameras roll? So first of all, to your first question, I don't know if we uh, spend the most time. There is, you know, there are a couple of sci-fi shows that have aliens, and I think they might might oh. take longer to turn someone into an alien than Good an point. elder person. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not sure. But you know, it it it, it, it does take quite a bit of time. It takes about three hours Ooh. a piece, and then it takes another, you know, about an hour to get it off um, at the end of the day. Dang. So we are there usually a little bit longer than than most of the cast. Um, and I'm sure, you know, than most of the people on most of the primetime television shows out there, uh, we do spend more time in the chair. But, you know, we love that it's it's kind of one of the things that makes our show special, that that process and that we and that we have that and that we go back and forth. And there have been a couple of shows since we started airing that have, that have kind of, you know, tried to have similar uh, devices in their, in their storytelling, which is, you know, kind of like... You know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice honor to know that we might have set kind of a, a precedent, if you will. Our show may have done that with, with regards to, you know, yeah. jumping time periods. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, but hey, this is off the record on that topic. Have you ever gone home with the uh, older characters' uh, makeup on? You know, me, and I'm not saying it's maybe used to get a <laughs> senior citizen discount at Danny's or someplace at lunch. Just, just curious. <laughs> no, I have thought about uh Similar things. I've thought about going home and just, you know, freaking my wife out with it. Yeah. Or, or at least my neighbors. I don't know. If my, my wife has now seen me on television too many times with it on. But, uh, it, you know, there were, I was tempted to leave it on and, and uh, you know, drive home or just see, see what people's reactions might be. Heck yeah. Do me. But, um, but you know, it, it does, it, it does get kind of what we call crispy on our faces. Oh. Like Mandy and I call it crispy. It's a little crispy because the you know, the makeup starts getting kind of harder and harder. Basically, it's you know you've got plastic and silicone on your skin, and uh, 
you know, over time it just degrades and it's not, it's not comfortable. All right, all right, just had to ask, but all right. Well, you play no the problem. yeah, you play the character Miguel on the show, the the new husband of Mandy Moore's character Rebecca. The writers kind of, you know gave you an arc the first season or two of one who was like grudgingly accepted by the three children, you know, after being a family friend of their late father. During those episodes, did you kind of get the cold shoulder from cast members, you know, before those scenes to set the tone, to get in the mood? No, and oh. no. Luckily, we don't. Luckily, our actors, uh, you know, most of the other actors are not. Well, I think all of the other. None of us are are the uh, what we call the um, the uh, the method thing. Kind of, so early, yeah, the method actors. Yeah, yeah, so early in the morning, I can't even remember. But yeah, none of us are method. Um, we, you know, we we. I think it was more about you know poking fun and having a lot of fun with the fact that the characters. Were, you know, we're kind of written to to not love Miguel as much as Miguel would have wanted to, to be loved yeah. um, by his stepkids. But, um, the, you know, most people, like, you know, we kind of had fun with it and put, they poked fun at me. Um, but, you know, I will say that, it, you know, it, it can be, although we're not method, you still are, you know, a part of you is the character, if you will. And, you know, it, it, there were a couple of times when, you know, you're like, I was like, geez, that's, you know, it's, it's kind of mean, you know, and, and I kind of, kind of took it to my own heart. And I, and I had to like, remember, oh, these, these are just characters. Heck yeah. They were giving you the cold shoulder. Bit. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah but, that. but then it made, yeah, but then it made me really feel like, wow, I think we should, we should look at how, you know, uh, our, you know, how, how kids treat their step parents. Yeah. Because. This happens more often than not, with where the step parent is the outsider and it's yep. not accepted in to a family, even though that uh, you know someone's mother or father may love this person, this this person may fulfill them, and so you know we, I've kind of had conversations with the writers like, hey, you know, let's let's make sure that we we, we kind of we, let's create an art to this, let's make sure that we we speak to this, and so it's not. You know, this this is a phenomenon. I think people need to uh, to feel like they're experiencing as well. Right. Is that stepfather, stepmother, you know, kind of acceptance thing that, that we sometimes gloss over and don't talk about. Right. Okay. Well, I got to ask you this. Earlier in your career, you were on a very popular program aired on ABC, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Were you constantly being recognized every time you had to go to like family birthday parties at Chuck E. Cheese or at the mall? Because kids take their shows, TV shows, seriously. Yeah, you know the 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 one time that I kind of, I because I'm not really uh, a, a you know kind of a public guy. I don't look, I'm not you know I'm not looking ever for uh, kind of recognition in that way. And so there was one time I I didn't think about what I was doing and I got um, tickets to a Backstreet Boys concert back then. Um, and I I was a fan. I like you know I was like I like the Backstreet Boys and. So I'm walking to my seat, and I didn't realize that, you know, 14-year-old girls were also big fans of Backstreet Boys, and that I was on a show that 14-year-old girls yeah. were, were our primary audience, and suddenly I just got swarmed, and it was the first time, and I had never experienced anything close to this, and I was, I just, I did, at first I didn't understand what was even going on. And I was like, I, I you know, literally, I literally had to get security, had to come in, and it was one of those things that I've, I'd only seen in, like, you know, on television myself, right. like, where uh, you know people get um, recognized like that. And so, 
yeah, that was Sabrina was definitely uh, an eye-opening experience um, to just what the you know kind of how people regard the people they watch on television with such um, you know they regard them with, with such um, I don't know adoration. Oh yeah, and yeah, I'm, for I'm, sure. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know if it's healthy. Stay spot. What? Well, now I remember, John, from way back. I, you know, I have to say, it wasn't only 14-year-old girls who used to love that TV show, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I, myself, never missed it. Uh, my, my wife wasn't really a fan, and I could, and she couldn't understand my interest in it, but I even used to tape it on our VCR, too, just in case I ever missed an episode. You know, if a family emergency or something came up, uh, John, I need a brief moment here. You know, you probably shouldn't have shared that piece of information as you just creeped me out and I'm pretty sure most of our listeners are now weirded out too. Some things you just need to keep on the down low, you know? Come on, you share way too much personal information. Yeah, I didn't need to hear that, Gerald. It was very unsettling. Well, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I was a proud fan of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It was a highly underrated show. Very entertaining. Uh, okay. Uh, just let me finish this up with John. All right, I'm back. Hey, let me ask you this, though. I wanted to, you were in a show that I really, really very much enjoyed. Uh, in 2008, you appeared in the HBO uh, series Generation Kill about the 2003 Iraq invasion. invasion. Um, I'm guessing that was a yeah. pretty intense miniseries. It was based on Evan Wright's uh, book, and it was, it was a David Simon, Ed Burns-led production. Uh, but I, yeah. I, I wanted to, My question was, you, in fact, did serve eight years in the Air Force uh, as an aircraft nuclear conventions weapons specialist. So were you deployed overseas ever? Yeah, I got deployed back during Desert Storm. Uh, that was in the 90s. Um, people, Young people don't realize when that was. Um, and, a, and a couple of other TDYs operations that we, we had. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was an earlier life. It was kind of a, the Air Force was a, a great stepping stone to what uh, I ended up doing in life, um, which, you know, the Air Force, was, it allowed me to get my education to st actually study theater in, in college. They paid for 75% of my mm -hmm. my tuition. Um, and I, and, I, and they all, it also gave me a level of, I think, discipline and initiative that you need in this industry to make sure that you are, you know, that you have a plan and that you're moving forward and that you're never, you know, going back, you know, going backwards and you're always moving and you're always, um, and you never quit. Really right. The, is at the basis of everything is like you know things might get tough things might get hard you might um you know you might not be going ahead as fast as you wish you you could but you know just keep driving and never never stop doing what you're doing never stop trying and uh you will see success and that's you know i kind of brought that to my you know to, to my career as an actor from the military, from from the Air Force. Right. Well, I would tell anybody that uh, that that's, that that miniseries is still available on demand on HBO to check it out because it was it's uh, yeah it was is really really well done. So all right, I know you got to get going. Yeah, and, and and you'll see also Alexander Skarsgård's first uh, first starring role in a, in a TV series. Well, I I, I got to remind everyone that your series This Is Us airs Tuesday nights at nine. 8 Central. Uh, so, you know, just thanks so much for coming on our show. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. Mr. John Huertas. My 
How time flies. You know, I have to admit, I'm still a little peeved at you, Chance. Calling my youngest son Dwight a nasty name earlier on the air was uncalled for. Do you, you want to apologize? Not really. If he is ripping on me, then I had every right to voice my own opinion of him. If you know how I feel, why would you say that? Chance, just let it go. He's a seventh grader. He isn't even fully formed emotionally. I'm sure later he will regret saying that about you. I'm only, what, nine or ten years older than him? But I know when I was a seventh grader, I would never have been so cocky. To voice my opinion of someone in the radio industry, I would show them some respect. Does he know that our listener research says I am the most popular person on this program? Yes! Not that line again, man. Give that one a rest. You know, he was probably just brainwashed by his dad. And admit it, Gerald, you feel less of a man, less of a father, so you trash our 22-year-old intern. 22 and a half. Yeah, listen, I can assure you, my son Dwight has impeccable taste. I often ask him what to watch on the TV. You know, when his mom is away at her ceramics class, we often check out some shows that are... Well, maybe a little bit inappropriate. The, the ones that she probably wouldn't approve of. And, and honey, if you're listening, none of the shows had nudity or, or really bad words. But, you know, we did watch this one show that was pretty wild. Has anyone seen that uh, Masked Singer show? It, it's available on demand. I thought you only had basic cable. You know, you know, when you ditched that antenna on your roof, you said you would only go with basic. I mean, the, the, you know, the plan with no MTV, you said. That, that was really important to you and your wife. What kid watches MTV these days anyway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my cable company offers on demand with basic cable. You, you know, with the, the big network shows. They don't offer any of those risque HBO type shows. Hey, Hey, look, I got my phone here. Trevor just texted me and said, we have a caller holding. Well, why didn't anyone notice this? He says here, he sent out a text to you, Gerald, and then to you, Chance. Oh, do I have to do everything? Someone, anyone, just just put the call through. Call, caller, are you there? Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm a long-term listener. Okay. I've called in a few times before. Do you recognize my voice? No. Okay, well, anyway, I'm one of your listeners who really hates your show, so I try to never miss it. And if I do, yeah. I will try to find the podcast later on your website. Well, okay, that, see, okay, that sounds encouraging. Hope everybody's heard what the guy just said. You know, but what specifically seems to prompt your hate of the show? I mean, is, is there anything you can share with us? I can handle it. Yeah, well, uh, hey, caller, before you begin, just know that I have absolutely no creative control over the program. So I, I, I really can't be held responsible for any particular component that is offensive to you. Like, can you believe I'm not even given a show schedule before we go on the air? So anyway, whatever bugs you, uh, you know, it's not on me. I don't know about your exact role on this show, Jerry, but you are so freaking lame. I often crack up when you say something. Just about everything you say on the show is so funny. It, well, thank you, caller. I try to bring my uh, 
comedic stylings to the program. Uh, you know, many out there share your feelings that I'm a pretty darn funny guy. I'm funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. I make you laugh. I think he's saying you are so out of it, so detached from contemporary society that you create like cringeworthy comedy. Maybe I should, was that the way to put it? I mean, not on purpose, but by accidentally spewing out something so freaking dumb that that's kind of funny. Or you know, is that something you want to hang your hat on? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I don't feel that strongly about Jerry. I mean, I it's uh, it's it's Gerald. Uh, right. Yes, bud. I don't find you funny at all. Like when you're trying to be funny, you are not. But when you're just trying to be, I don't know, relevant on the show, that's when I laugh my ass off. You're such a loser. You make me feel a lot better about myself. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Will you shut up, man? Oh, jeez. Caller, I know his late mother often told me she felt Spud was not blessed with talent. And, And, of course, he seldom put in much effort at what he did. But for some reason, he was able to proceed on in life and get his own cable TV show and now continues to remain on the air with his own radio show. Oh, yeah, only in America, I guess. But you know I have told that story many times yeah. before. I, I know, Aunt Dorothy, but it does not help with my self-concept to hear that once again. I mean, there's only so many times I can hear it. Uh, look... The fact is, I'm still on the air after all these years, and I like to think that I possess a certain degree of talent. Maybe not a ton, but some, okay? It's, yeah, it's a good thing in radio that the bar is set pretty low, though. I gotta admit that. I thought Europe was a country. Yeah, so do you want to hear some more things that I can't stand about the show? I wrote down a few notes before I called in. So, like, your interview style is... Yeah, okay. Um, I'm getting word that we're out of time here, so sorry, caller. Hang up on this dude, please. Okay, then. So, I need to wrap up this episode now is, you know... But I really really felt that last caller was pretty doggone disrespectful and totally does not get what both of us bring to the table here on the show mm. i know i yeah 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 please please don't lump me in with you you know we're well, not connected in any other fashion then we're on the same show that's that's it you're in a supportive role you really can't put yourself in the same category when comparing job responsibilities you're a co-host Kind of like a lamp on a table that really isn't necessary, but something needs to be there or, or it will just be an empty table. Sir, yes, sir. Can, can I hang up now? I got some stuff to do. Oh, honey, go ahead. Get your chores done before your mom comes home from work. Uh, and Dorothy, it's my role to let Chance hang up, but okay. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead and do your chores, man. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Can, can I hang up now? Uh, you? For sure, absolutely. Go ahead. All right. Uh, yeah. Copyright 2021, Spud Goodman Productions. Later.